Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy it. we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the final film in the Skywalker saga, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Quote unquote final film. Quote unquote. <laughs> well, for, for another like 15 years and then we'll see. Sure, sure, sure. But before we get started with all that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, who is your favorite minor Star Wars character? Hi, I'm Lucas Schreider, designer in Chicago, and my favorite minor Star Wars character has to be Admiral Akbar. I think he really stuck out to me as a child. Sure. Well, I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I think mine, this isn't, I don't know the names of any of them. It's kind of like a group of characters, but mine are the fish nuns in The Last Jedi. Yes. I mean, they're so great. <laughs> I love them so much. I love. I'm sure they essence. have some kind of canon name. I love their purpose. Name. I love their look. I mean, just like kudos to them. For sure. All right. Well, we're going to talk a lot more Star Wars later in this episode. But before we do that, I want to know, Lucas, what you're feeling this week. Yes. This week, I finally, finally got to watch Wild Rose, um, which is a movie that I knew from the beginning would be a movie that I would really like, and I just just now got around to watching it. But it's the story of a woman in Glasgow who is um, who just gets out of jail and has dreams of becoming a like a Nashville country singer. Um, and it's just about her life dealing with you know coming out of jail, having to uh, you know raise her kids and the, her relationship with her mother, um, and plus just dealing with, you know, how did she move forward with her dream? I It's a beautiful movie. I love it. It stars Jesse Buckley, um, who was in last year's Very Great Beast. Yeah. Um, she's also going to be in the next season of Fargo, which I'm really excited about. Um, oh. She's a fantastic actress. Um, love her in this. Love her in everything she does. This movie is a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you've seen this, right? I have, yeah. I think I, this movie was so special, and I wish it got a little bit mm. more attention. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. Um, yeah. So, Lucas, have you heard, I'm sure you you probably have, the really amazing story about the big closing song in this movie? I have. Um, this is, the song. The last song um, is written by, I, now I'm forgetting her name. Mary Steenburgen. Um, yes. Um, didn't Actress Mary I, I think, Steenburgen. Yes. I think you can probably tell it better, but didn't she like have a stroke and then wake up and was like, I'm going to be a songwriter now. So not a stroke. I think she had a surgery, um, okay. for, I think some kind of like minor surgery on like an elbow or something like that. And when she came out of the surgery, woke up from the anesthesia, she had this like she was like, it was almost like a, like an X-Men. Like she had like new powers, <laughs> except she had this new, her brain started processing everything musically. She just like, every, she was just hearing songs constantly. Um, she never really had this like major musical talent until she woke up from the surgery. And all of a sudden it was um, kind of haunting her almost. She said it was like a very scary time. 
and she just started writing tons of music. Um, oh, well, she except she wanted to write all this music, except she didn't know how to play any instruments or really know anything about musical writing because she had never done it in her life. And she um, found teachers to teach her how to play different musical instruments, and then she started composing music. Um, and she st- she and her husband um, Ted Danson moved to Nashville for a little bit to like start putting this musical talent that she had acquired to use. And um, when this movie, which is has a lot of um, country music covers and original songs, um, they were looking for a, an original country song to be the big closing emotional number of the movie. And they were looking to a bunch of Nashville songwriters to write it. And Mary Steenbergen, along with some other co-writers, won the job. Um, they they wrote in a piece and sent it in, and the and this director, you know, was like, "This is the one we've been waiting for," and picked it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, I believe it's it's in the running for being um, nominated for best song at the Oscars. And yes, it, it would be my pick of the year of best song for sure. Same. Um, yeah, I think that's just an amazing story. I absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm excited to see this movie move forward with the Oscars. I really hope this song gets nominated. Yeah. Um, but in general, this movie is really, really good. Um, in addition to one, one person I forgot to mention, um, Julie Walters, um, who plays Jesse Buckley's mom in this, um, is fantastic. She has a great Scottish accent or yeah, a great Scottish accent in this. It's, um, and I just love the relationship between the two of them throughout yeah. this movie. It's absolutely beautiful. It's just, it's such a great film about following your dreams, but then also like the importance of living in your reality and like prioritizing things, you know, mm-hmm. about how like dreams are important, but so is the rest of your life. Like, you know, um, yeah. and, and the tension between the two of those is a really entrance, interesting tension to balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I love this movie. I hope a lot of more people see it, especially people who have a fondness for very for quality country music. Yeah, that's Wild Rose. It's actually on Hulu right now, so everybody, please check it out. Um, I finally got a chance to see um, Marielle Heller's newest film, A Be- Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the movie that is based on an Esquire article about Mr. Rogers. Um, have you seen this movie, Lucas? It um, on Tuesday, so okay. I'm very excited to see it. I was excited for this movie for a lot of reasons. One, after was it last year or the year before, we had the "Won't You Be My Neighbor" Mr. Rogers of documentary. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, a beautiful documentary that has kind of reignited this um, excitement for Mr. Rogers and his his ethos, you know, and his and his way of living. And so that, in, in general, just got me excited for this movie. But also, Mariel Heller last year directed Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a stunning film. And I really adored her work with that. And so I was very excited to see like what her next feature would be like, especially getting to work with um, material of this magnitude and an actor like Tom Hanks, you know, um, mm-hmm. having, having... Melissa McCarthy is obviously a big-name actor, but... Um, very few people are on the level of Tom Hanks himself, yeah. you know? Um, and so I was very excited to see what she got to do with this opportunity. And um, I was blown away by this film. I will say that I cried throughout almost the entire thing, just like a lot of crying. Um, it, I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Just, I mean, it is 
to, for me, like right at the top of, I can think of, you know, three or four films that are easily the best of the year. And this is, this is one of them. Um, I think for, for those of you who haven't seen a trailer, um, I would like to warn you because, you know, my family went to see this without really understanding this. This movie features Mr. Rogers, but is not a biopic about Mr. Rogers. It is a story about a journalist and his interaction with Mr. Rogers. And they're, they're the two main characters of the film. But, um, I would say it's more the story about this journalist and what he learned from Mr. Rogers by interviewing him and, and getting to know him. And it's a really beautifully told story. It's a, it's a movie about understanding and processing your feelings, which, you know, the, the main character is an adult male person. And that is not um, something that we've always, I think our society has valued for adult men is understanding and processing their feelings. And so this movie kind of, in a very subtle way touches on that. And um, it's also about just kind of like what Mr. Rogers was like to inter- to be around um, in his day-to-day life and not as a figurehead on TV and how beautiful that was, but also kind of unsettling in a really interesting way. And I just think it's a, the way Marielle Heller directs this film is really genius. And I, and I won't spoil much more than that, but she makes some really interesting choices in the way she tells this story. And I was like 100% here for all of them. So yeah, I, I adored this film and I'm so glad I saw it. And I really hope a lot more, a lot more people will go see it. Yeah. I'm really excited to see it. Her last film, after I saw it, I was like, it was good. It was definitely good. And then the longer I sat with it, the, the more it kind of resonated with me and the, the more I wanted to rewatch it. And I think, um, I think that really just comes down to her directing style and just how she takes a lot of like really small moments and makes them really, really powerful and packs in a lot of emotion to them. And so with something like, like, you know, a story around Mr. Rogers, I can imagine that's just going to be, <laughs> yeah. Whew, man. I mean, if it were up to me, she would definitely be getting a best director nomination. And, and oh, she yeah. is someone whose career I will be watching like a hawk from now on. And mm-hmm. I, if she doesn't win best director in her lifetime, it'll be a crime in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, she's, she's a real one. She's one to look out for. Awesome. Yeah. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it. Um, so Let's move on to In or Out. What is it? You're either in or you're out. Right now. This is a part of our show where we talk about trailers that have been recently released, and we decide if we are in or out on those movies, just based on the trailer alone. Uh, The first trailer that we're going to talk about is The Woman in the Window, a thriller, I would say, coming out (laughs) next year, directed by Joe Wright starring Amy Adams. Um, the IMDb like descriptor for this movie is an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbors only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Um, Lucas, what do you think about the woman in the window? I, I am in on it. It looks very cheesy, um, and it but it looks like a lot of fun. I, I, I've read the book, and the book is... Um, is fine, but I think what I'm really here for is this cast. Um, Amy Adams and Julia, uh, well, Julianne Moore, um, with Gary Oldman and, and Jennifer Jason Lee. 
Um, I absolutely love everybody in this. Um, you've also got um, Brian Tyrese Henry, um, Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell. I, I think this will be a very fun movie, um, even if it's not going to be great. But I do love Joe Wright. I love most of the things Joe Wright has done, so I trust him to make this um, acceptable. <laughs> yeah, the trailer, I think, looks good. Um, it looks like pulpy in all the ways yeah. that I really like and seem like it could be really fun to watch. Um, what makes me excited about this film is Amy Adams because Amy Adams is just like one of the best actors of our generation. Um, yeah. And then obviously Joe Wright, I'm a big fan of him as a director, so I trust his um, like capability. But you know what also like kind of gets me, ex- what really like pushes this movie over the edge for getting me excited is Wyatt Russell. I really <laughs> like Wyatt Russell. I just like everything I've seen him in, he always just like brings a spark to it. And um, so seeing him as part of this cast is like, oh, that that might get me there. Yeah, so um, I think I'm in on The Woman in the Window. All right. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to talk about Tenet, the thriller coming out next year from Christopher Nolan. Um, the plot is kind of unknown. It's it's there's <laughs> n- there's no one really talking about what the exact plot of this movie is, but it, that it's um, you know a thriller and uh, you know a big ep- action epic is what they're using to describe it on IMDb. And it stars Aaron Taylor Johnson, Robert Pattinson, Kenneth Branagh, and um, um, what's his name, John David Washington, um, yeah. amongst other great actors. Those are just like some of the main ones. Um, yeah. So, Lucas, before I ask you if you're in or out on this movie, um, I want to ask, did you see, how did you see Star Wars? Did you see it in IMAX or regular? I saw it in regular. Okay. I have not seen a tra- the trailer for Tenet, but what I did see is before I saw Star Wars in IMAX, they screened um, a, like, I don't know how long it was, maybe five minutes uh, of the first five minutes of Tenet in IMAX. Wait, really? For Star for this for the yeah in the theater. Oh they man. They called they called it the prologue. So I'm assuming that was like the first yeah you know sequence okay. in the movie, um or 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 at least a section of the first sequence in the movie, um, so I saw just like a straight up whole section of the film. You know, a short section, okay. but still. Yeah. And that a is scene. <laughs> my experience of Tenet. Okay. Um, so we saw two different things. Yes. So I think we saw two different things. And I think, you know, at the end of, no, you know, to be, to be fair, now I'm remembering, at the end of that scene that they showed us, um, I think they showed like a mini trailer. So maybe like a mm-hmm. teaser trailer. So I did kind of see like flashes of a lot of images. So we might have seen the same thing, but I also saw some stuff extra. Okay. Tell me if you're in or out on this. I'm 100% in on this. Yeah. Um, some weird time stuff. Um is always fun in Christopher Nolan movies. Um, I, I mean, the cast is great. I'm very excited to see John David Washington do some more cool stuff. Um, any movie with Elizabeth Debicki, I'm, I'm there for. Um, I, I'm pumped. I really do think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm also here for Robert Pattinson in a Christopher Nolan mm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think I, like, I don't know how he hasn't been in one before. He feels like the perfect person to like end up in a Christopher Nolan sure. movie. Sure. And from what I've seen from promotional materials, it looks like he and John David Washington are going to be paired off together throughout. Yeah. 
So like their their chemistry, I think, is also very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for this movie. I'm very in on it based on that prologue chapter that I saw. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm fascinated and I can't wait to see this movie. However, no. this is not anything to do with, you know, what I think the movie is going to be good or not. But can I spoil something very small from that prologue that I saw? Yes. Okay. So to tell everyone also on mic, I'm going to spoil something very small. If you don't want to hear anything about Tenet, um, skip ahead to our Star Wars review, which will be in the next chapter. Um, So this prologue, and again, I don't know if this is the opening shot of the film or just like a section of the beginning of the film, but it opened with um, a bunch of people in a theater, like about to see like an orchestra perform. Mm -hmm. And... All of a sudden, these men with like, um, like uh, AR-15s flood the theater and are like, you know, and people are scared and they're shooting at people or they're like, you know, it, it's very scary, right? Yeah. Um, and before when that started, we didn't know, like, it didn't say like, and now we're gonna see a prologue from Tenet. It just started. <laughs> that, that thing yeah. just started. Let me tell you, it was very upsetting for me to be sitting in a movie theater and yeah, have that show. Um, I didn't appreciate that that much. I think it's one <laughs> thing for you to like go into a movie and know that it's an action intense movie, and maybe that's a scene in the movie. It still might be a little unsettling, but to yeah. go see Star Wars and all of a sudden you're sh- being shown a scene—not even a cut trailer, but a, just a straight-up scene of people getting shot in a theater was a lot to handle at that moment. Yeah. Um, especially opening night of star Wars, you know, yeah, where that's you're weird. like, if someone was going to shoot up a theater, this would be the night that they might do it, you know? Um, yeah. so I, I don't love the way that that was presented, even though the rest of the footage afterwards was very compelling and I'm excited for the movie. I think we need to, in this day and age, we need to be way more sensitive about that kind of stuff. And if people are prepared to witness something like that, you know? Yeah. Especially Star Wars is the kind of thing that, like, a lot of kids go to see Star Wars, you know? And it's like, maybe, like, let, maybe <laughs> they don't show that, you know? Like, I don't think people signed up for that um, when they yeah. when they bought a ticket to Star Wars. A lot of people in my theater had their kids with them. <laughs> like, yeah. pretty young kids. It's because it's a Star Wars movie. But. Sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, I was disappointed at that the way that that was presented. Um, even though I was excited to see that footage because the rest of the scene was really exciting to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it was just, I just thought it was poor thinking and poor planning. Definitely. So that's just something <laughs> I wanted to bring up. And I was curious if you experienced or if anyone who's listening maybe experienced and thought the same thing. And if you, if you did, I'd love to hear from you. None of that is in the trailer. So yeah. I did not get any of that. Right. Stuff. Okay. Um, well, that's all I have to say about Tenet. I, that being said, I'm still in on the movie, <laughs> excited for it. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Real pumped. All right. So let's talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. both 
highly, highly anticipating this movie. Right, Lucas? Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, both of us loved The Last Jedi. Is that correct? I, I mean, I know mm-hmm. I adored yep. The Last Jedi. It was my favorite yep. of all the Star Wars movies I had seen. Um, oh, wait, that was your top of the... Yeah, do, do we want to rank our Star Wars movies before this one? I think one? we should do it after. But I think before okay. we talk about Rise of Skywalker, we should maybe talk a little bit about our own personal histories and uh, feelings towards Star Wars. Does that feel good? Okay. That feels great. Okay. So did you do any like prep leading up to seeing The Rise of Skywalker? Did you rewatch any of the movies or? Yes. Um, anything like that? Yes. So we rewatched um, the original uh, trilogy and then rewatched um, the, the the most recent two as well in prep. You did not Force rewatch Awakens any of the prequels Jedi? at all. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. In addition to the original trilogy. Yeah. And how was that experience? It was great. I... I've seen the original trilogy a lot. Love those movies. Um, the Force Awakens I saw twice in theaters and then never again. Mm-hmm. And same with The Last Jedi. Twice in theaters and then never again. So it was really fun getting to watch them at home, getting to watch them back to back like that. Um, I thought that was a really enjoyable experience. I really like both of those movies. Um, I like The Last Jedi much better than uh, The Force Awakens. Um, but I think watching them back to back like that, you can just really see the difference between those two movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel less like one cohesive uh, story um, than I think I, I felt originally kind of coming out of that. But right. The Last Jedi, I think, has a lot of problems um, that I that I kind of, for me, got smoothed over the first time, couple times I watched it, but kind of watching it together. I was like, there's, a, there's some things in this movie that I, I really don't like, but overall, it, it's... Definitely, definitely a really good movie, I think. Yeah. Um, so I had never seen, really seen the prequels. <laughs> um, and I think yes. we talked about this two years ago when we did our last yeah. Jedi review. Um, I had, you know, kind of seen maybe two and three, like, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. I didn't really remember them. And I had never seen one. So with leading up to Rise of Skywalker, I decided I was going to watch all of the main Star Wars movies. Um, And then I found out that I had several friends, close friends, that had never seen any of the movies. And so I thought this would be a fun time to really introduce them to Star Wars and um, take them on a journey. So with them, leading up to to Rise of Skywalker, I watched all of the movies with, and, and I watched them with a group of people who had very little context or no context. Um, And that was a really, really fun way to experience Star Wars because I was experiencing some of them the first time for myself, but then also getting to see all of it through the eyes of someone who had never seen it was really exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. And and hearing the questions that they had to ask and the things that they reacted to and the things that they found joy in was exciting and fun. Um, For anyone interested, the order that we watched them in was sort of like the machete order we did episode four, episode five, episode one, two, three, then episode six, and then seven and eight. Um, and doing that way, I think, was the best way that we could have done. If we had had more time um, and people who were really willing to spend the time to do it, um, <laughs> I think I would have done um, four, five, one, two, three, Rogue One, Four, five again with all the context, oh and then gosh. episode six. 
And I had friends who really wanted to do that if we had had the time to do it. We just, with the, the with the Rise of Skywalker deadline approaching, we just didn't have the time to like actually go mm-hmm. through it that way. But they were interested. They were, after we watched all the prequels, um, and I explained to them what Rogue One was about. They were like, man, I wish we could go watch Rogue One and then watch these other two movies again, you know? Um, um, somebody mentioned watching Rogue One as your very first Star Wars movie and then going right into A New Hope. And I can't imagine that being a good experience. I feel like you have to watch that and then come back to Rogue One. I don't think it would be horrible because Rogue One does kind of stand on its own in a way, you know? It's not like, like Solo, I feel like is so based on, you have to know the original yeah. to appreciate what it is. I just feel like it, um, like not, not necessarily in content, but in just uh, tone and everything, it's just so different <laughs> from sure. the rest of the Star Wars movies. Right. Yeah, it would be but, jarring. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we had a really fun time and it was really great to show them. Um, I was ex- especially excited to show them The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi because I think those movies mm-hmm. are so good and so fun and they're the new ones and they would appreciate movies that felt like modern day movies. Um, yeah. They uh, loved The Force Awakens. Like s- watching The Force Awakens with people who had never seen any of them before, they had a blast. They really like, it was a thrill, especially because... You know, they had just gotten to know all these main characters. And so seeing these yeah. main characters appear again in The Fourth Awakens was so exciting. Like, they cheered every time we got a big reveal like that. Um, so I had just, like, such a great time leading up to this movie. Um, so I guess that's, to, to put you in the perspective of, I mean, I was really primed to watch this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming you were as well. Definitely. I think I, I, I went into it very excited for this um, for this movie. After, and, and especially having watched the other ones, I think ready to see a complete story told out here. Yeah. Now, can I ask you, Lucas, how much, um, before you saw the film itself, how much had you heard about reactions to the film? Um, did you like wall yourself off or did, did you let, did you let yourself read any reviews or hear things on Twitter? I didn't read any reviews. I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, and I had seen some people, um, talking some, some critics talking about it on Twitter. Um, but that's really it. Okay. I hadn't um, read anything actually. So how did that make you feel going into the movie? Um, I think it, it, it definitely set my expectations a little bit lower. Um, I think, Coming into this, coming into this, knowing J.J. Abrams had taken over um, from Colin Trevorrow, um, this movie, I think I already had lower expectations, um, just because I knew he is a different kind of storyteller than um, Ryan Johnson, and I kind of figured he would kind of go back to a lot of the stuff that he was interested in with The Force Awakens, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's just I was very excited about the. Um, the stuff that happened in The Last Jedi. And so I think that that's kind of where I was thinking is, oh, we might not get a continuation of The Last Jedi. We might get more of a continuation of The Force Awakens. Yeah. I went into this movie, um, I didn't like wall myself off at all. You know, like I, okay. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't read any reviews. Like I didn't like click on any fully written reviews, but yeah. I saw every reaction on Twitter. Like <laughs> I was every critic that I follow on Twitter, I got to know what they thought of this movie. And wow. um, I think we can safely say right now, you can let me know, you can cut this out if you want, but um, the, the, Critical reaction to this movie was very negative. Um, yeah. I will say, like, 
oh, I can only think of one critic that I follow on Twitter that had positive things to say about this movie. Every single critic that I that I follow and like did not like this movie at all. Um, and so I went into this movie with all of that on my shoulders, you know? <laughs> um, I, I went in hoping, like, maybe it'll just... I hope it's at least just kind of fun. You know what I mean? I, it kind yeah. of killed any expectations that it would be, like, yeah. a, a great film that I would love as much as The Last Jedi, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just was hoping maybe they're exaggerating and it's not that bad. Maybe it's just a fun time at the movies. That's all I really need. You know, that kind of... That was my expectation going in. Were you similar or were you a little bit more hopeful? No, that's about, that's about where I was as well. So I would just like to have fun at this one. (laughs) Sure. I don't expect a great movie. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've done enough preamble and I think it's time for me to ask you, what did you think of the rise of Skywalker? And Oh, I should, before you say that, I should just say, we're not going to spoil anything, but we're going to keep this no spoiler section pretty short because what's the point? Of talking about this movie without spoilers. I have so much to say in spoilers. I would say how I felt about it was this was fine. It was a it was it was it was good. I there were some very fun moments that I enjoyed. Um, I think the pace of this movie is out of control. I think it is a hodgepodge of ideas um, that could have fit into three more movies that they just kind of crammed into this one, Um, which I think are all fun ideas. I just think overall. it's a lot to put into this movie and everything is going at a breakneck pace. And um, yeah, I didn't love it. I think I had, um, there are some, a lot of the things that were, a lot of the choices that were made with this movie, I felt like were the easy kind of predictable choice, um, which I don't necessarily think is bad. I just think it is not very um, imaginative and um, which is what I was hoping for after The Last Jedi. So I had fun with it. I didn't think it was a great movie at all. I I would actually probably say it probably is a bad movie, but I had fun with it. I felt a lot about this one like I did with with Hobbs and Shaw, where I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a blast. None of this is good. None of this makes sense, but this is fun to be in. (laughs) Okay. How about you? This movie has a lot of problems. Oh yeah, (laughs) a lot of problems. It has a couple of things that actively, I think, are very bad choices that are 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 really frustrating. That I'm actively upset up with them. Um, I think it's very messy. But in spite of all of that, I loved this movie. Good. I'm glad, Lucas. I loved this movie so (laughs) much. Like, yay! I'm very glad. I was leaving the theater and I was driving home in my car alone. I just kept being like, you know, kind of sing song screaming to myself, like in a joking manner, but kind of serious. Like everyone else is dumb. This movie rules. (laughs) I don't know what everyone else was thinking. This movie rules. I am so glad you feel that way because I was dreading coming onto this podcast and both of us being like, well, this sucked. Uh, This is uh, not going to be a good conversation. (laughs) But the fact that you like this, oh man, this is great. I saw this movie. I was like, man, it's going to be, it's, I don't want I don't want to watch a bad movie and I don't want to yeah. have this big episode where we just talk about how bad this movie is. <laughs> like what a bummer, especially for something we love so much. Yes. But no, I loved this movie. The whole time I was watching it, because I knew people disliked it so much, um and I want to be clear for people who aren't on Twitter, the reaction wasn't it's not great, but it's fun, which is our kind of reaction, it seems like. The, the yeah. reaction was, this movie is bad. This is a bad, bad movie, you know? 
And mm-hmm. I did not feel this way. Every scene I was watching, I was like, am I enjoying this? Yes, I am. I kept like checking <laughs> in with myself. I mean, like, is this bad? No, I like this. Yeah. And I had so much fun with it. And spoilers, I can talk about some big mistakes I think this movie makes mm-hmm. and some yeah. big issues it has. And like you mentioned earlier, I think the pacing in this movie is crazy. Like it is it's not out of control. Paced well. <laughs> And I also agree with you. They tried to introduce a lot into one film. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a part of me that's like, I don't mind them introducing a lot, even if they didn't have time for all of it. Because with Star Wars, so much of Star Wars for me is about imagination. And all those ideas and storylines that they introduced, I can imagine stuff about that. You know what I mean? I can imagine how some of those might have played out and and what the characters were thinking, even though the movie doesn't get around to, like, exploring that. Um, I'd rather have all that introduced to me and let my imagination fill in the rest than have a boring movie or a movie that's, you know, like, introducing bad ideas, you know? So that wasn't... It, it, I think, prevented the movie from being great, but I don't think it made the movie bad, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Um, But there's so much, I think, that makes the movie really good. There are character storylines that, like, thrilled me to my core. Um, There was moments of nostalgia that, like, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of complaints about this film are that they were catering to fans and, uh, you know, flooding the movie with too many moments that, like, catered to fans and and were nostalgic plays, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, my thought process on that is if you can't do that in the final film of this like nine film epic, (laughs) when are you going to do it? You know, like this is the end of something big and I am, I'm a softy. Like I'm when it, when you're ending something big like this, I'm going to be really happy with them tying up loose ends and and making nostalgic plays. I think I would be more happy with it if it actually felt like they were tying up loose ends. For me, the nostalgia plays felt like, yeah, you remember this? This is a thing. Uh, let, uh, let, let me throw this out there. This is also a thing that you probably have seen before. And have it, it had, you know, things that have nothing to do with the story, but you remember them and you've seen them, so let's throw them in the movie. Those things, I was like, okay, this is this is fine. And yes, you get excited when you see something you've seen in another movie before, but yeah. there's no reason for it to be in this already stuffed movie. Sure. So I think, for, I think for me, yes, the nostalgia things are fun, but also we got enough going on here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say about this movie before we get into spoilers. Um, I just, I really loved it. I, I was moved and I was entertained and I... Um, and I love these characters so much. And, um, I, I think for me, the reason why this movie worked is it satisfied all the things that I like about Star Wars. I think people like Star Wars for different reasons. And the reasons I like Star Wars, like charismatic characters, imaginative, like creatures, new environments and planets and worlds that I've never seen before, um, and, and like heroic storylines, like all those things are what mm-hmm. I, those are what I love about Star Wars and it fulfilled all of those for me. Yeah. So I, I, I left happy, but I could yeah. understand why other people might like Star Wars for different reasons. And if it didn't cater to those reasons, why they wouldn't like this movie. I yeah. also kind of feel like, and this is the last thing I'll say before we get into spoilers, and I'll <laughs> give you a last say as well. Um, the last Jedi to me is 
still my favorite Star Wars movie. I think The Last mm-hmm. Jedi is an amazing piece of cinema, but I wouldn't say that about any other Star Wars movie. Like, Agreed. The rest of Agreed. them, they're just fun adventures. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people got used to The Last Jedi being this piece of cinema and expected another piece of cinema. And I just don't need my Star Wars movie to be that. I think it was like an extra amazing bonus that we got one of them to be like that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't need I, that for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I feel like um, I, I love the Star Wars movies. They're a lot of fun. I would never call them like great um, artistic you know, filmmaking were yeah, filmmaking. Um, but they're, I, I think they're, they're great stories. And I think what I got with the last Jedi was this taste of like what it could be. It's like, you could have all of that and, <laughs> and it could be like, you could dive into some truly interesting themes and character developments. And like, there's stuff that you could do here. Um, and I think because I got the taste of that, then coming back to this, I was like, yeah, but you're just, you're not going to, you're not going to do that again. And so, right. <laughs> so for me, there is that disappointment there, but I totally get it that this is, this is Star Wars. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Are you ready for spoilers? Let's do it. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember you wanted this. Um, I'd like to, before we get into all the stuff I liked, I'd love to just say the three things that I think were the most frustrating parts of this movie. The three things all that, right. that I was actively like, this is bad. This is a bad call. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the number one thing is the fact that they <laughs> sidelined Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. That yeah. was like that is shitty. A very bad move. Bad. Based off everything that we got in the last movie, I think, to sideline Kelly Marie Tran. And not only just to sideline her, but sideline her and add a bunch of new characters yeah. that don't really do a lot. Right. Like everything that all the new characters do could have been given to her and had more meaning and have more stakes. Like everything just could have been better if they'd let her be a part of this movie. Yeah. And she's just so charismatic and talented, and I think mm-hmm. we grew very attached to her character in the second film. And it doesn't, on top of like I think being a bad call because she's a great actress, and you're just like letting go of good talent. Um, yeah. Story wise, it's bad storytelling to like have this person be such a big part of the second film, and we grow so attached to her, and then to just not do anything with her in the third film makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that I think is truly maddening, and I and I will stand behind anyone who is like actually upset about that. Um, yeah. The second thing that I think this is the thing. Okay, to me, it's just so dumb. Okay, but I'm not even that <laughs> mad about it because it's just so dumb. It is so dumb that Ray is Palpatine's daughter, like our granddaughter. granddaughter. Yes. yes. Like, I when they 100% said that agree. and they were explaining it, I was just rolling. I wasn't even mad. I was just rolling my eyes. It was like, this is a dumb decision. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And it doesn't, it is completely unnecessary. Like, there's literally mm-hmm. no need for this to happen at all. And they have to, like, backtrack things that were said in The Last Jedi in order to make it work. And it doesn't even really work. And it is dumb. It is. So... I understand people being upset about that. I, too, think it is very dumb and shouldn't be in this movie. However, I will say 
that because it is so unnecessary, it is also easy for me to just ignore. Like when I was watching this movie, <laughs> um, I kind of was just like, uh, I'm just going to ignore that plot point because it doesn't even play that big a part in the it movie. It really doesn't. That's what's so furious. It's like to me, it's so frustrating because it doesn't like it truly doesn't matter. It doesn't to matter. The plot. They could have taken it out, and the movie would not have been changed at all. Yeah. Like yeah, keep the emperor in it. Even like it all. Like, oh yeah. No. She still faces off against him, right. but she's she, just not his granddaughter. It serves granddaughter. no <laughs> purpose, her being his granddaughter. It literally yeah. serves no purpose at all. Yeah. And so yeah. because that is the case, it's very easy for me to just pretend like that's not a part of the movie. And it doesn't – and because I can pretend that, I'm not as mad about it as other people might be, you know? Yeah. See, to me, those are the things that are like – it's an easy fix that has huge emotional weight to it. Like, like if you hadn't – made it if, if she had truly just been a nobody and this is about her finding her place in the universe as opposed to handing her hey this is your place in the universe yeah. here you go um and it not affecting the story at all like uh, that that's a huge emotional burden that she has had to carry this whole thing of who is she and then if she if at the end it truly is just you still have to figure out who you are in this universe right. to me that's so much more interesting and to not do that is is one of those nostalgia things that it's like, yeah, ah, you remember the emperor? He's, sure. he's, this is fun. This is more fun. So I don't have ugh. any problem with the emperor coming back as the big villain in this movie. Um, uh, to me, that was fun and spooky. And I loved the like underworld, like planet that he was on. I, th- I loved all the visuals of that. So like that doesn't bother mm-hmm. me at all, even though it seems a little silly. It doesn't make me mad. Um, the granddaughter thing is just dumb. It is a bad, dumb choice. And I agree. I think you could have just so easily had the exact same storyline play out with even almost all the exact same dialogue if you had just made it that she was being tempted by the dark side. You know? Mm-hmm. It, not that she has related to people that are in the dark side, but just that yeah. she is feeling that inside her soul, you know? And, and it makes the ending so much more resonant when she does finally choose her family yeah. that like I am a Skywalker like like if she truly has been no one this whole time right. and she gets to choose her family it's like you don't you don't like you are no one and you get and you are surrounded by the people who have raised you, at, yeah. you know, I mean as, as an adult really but really guided you through this and it's like you are choosing to be a, a Skywalker and that's beautiful but I'm, to be a Palpatine and then choose to be a Skywalker is just kind of like oh, alright whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> I will say I mean so part of being like like reading fan fiction and being a part of like Tumblr fandom in those years where it was a big deal um, has kind of prepared me for this mindset of when you watch works, you take what works and you you yourself discard what doesn't. You know, part of fan fiction is like taking characters that you love and like leaving out the stuff that you think the creators did that doesn't make any sense. And like you have mm-hmm. the freedom to do that for yourself. And so in this movie, I was just actively doing that um, with all the Palpatine granddaughter aspect. At that final scene, I felt the emotional resonance that I think you're describing about her yeah. choosing that family. I felt all of that because I was just letting all the dumb stuff go in my head. <laughs> you were rewriting it on the fly. 100%. <laughs> and, and I think that's okay. I think we get to do yeah. whatever we want with, our, with the stories yeah. we receive. And that's how I choose to intake this film. Um, and, and I was able to do that with like a lot of other aspects of this film where they kind of introduce a scene or a storyline. You're like, wait a minute, what, that's the whole thing I want to know more about. I'm able to like 
fulfill that in my mind, like what that could have played out like. An example yeah. of that is like when we learn that Luke and Leia were training together. Oh and like, my gosh. Yeah. Leia was training to be a Jedi. Like all of a sudden we've had this history. Leia has a lightsaber. She was training to be a Jedi. She we learn went. all that in like a minute yeah. and it's over and it's just, ugh. And for me, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just introducing that idea and then letting me play that, that story out in my head. Um, yeah. I think that's fun. So I, that's not a problem for me in this movie. Um, okay. My last third issue yes. with this movie is, and this is more of a minor one because it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I was something mm-hmm. I noticed throughout is they really changed the characterization of Poe in this film. Yes. So um, one thing I should mention is that in preparation to seeing this movie and watching all the old ones, I also went back and I listened to all of the blank check Star Wars episodes of which there are oh, nice. a lot because yeah. they did like, <laughs> 10 episodes for each of the prequel movies. So there was yeah. like 30 prequel episodes and then one episode <laughs> for each of the others. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in their Force Awakens episode, they talk about Poe Dameron and how much they love that character because I think when the movie starts, you think this is going to be like their version of Han Solo. Yeah. And it turns out that's not the case. Like where Han Solo is gruff, Poe Dameron is sincere and excited and just loves being mm-hmm. a good guy and loves fighting bad guys. Like that is his shit. Yep. <laughs> um, and he may be a little bit arrogant and cocky, but like, um, you know, he's a very sincere and, and, and excited, you know? And in this yeah. movie, it felt like, oh, they decided to make him into Han Solo for this movie. Yeah. Yep. They made him grouchy. And it's like, Poe's never been grouchy. Why is he grouchy all of a sudden with everyone? And why is he like so mad at C-3PO? That was like a very Han thing. Yeah, yeah. That Han like found C-3PO really annoying. And all of a sudden, Poe Dameron is like sniping at this droid all the time. I'm like, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like you. And we find out that yeah. he has this like criminal back history and... um. I didn't like it. I didn't like that they changed his character all of a sudden to be in a way that was so clearly to make him a Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even in reference to anything that's happened before. It wasn't a reaction to The Last Jedi or anything. I it kept... seems just completely just out of nowhere. Yeah, I kept thinking when the movie starts and he's kind of gruff with everybody and, and him yeah. and Finn are arguing about things. And I kept yeah. thinking something was going to be revealed that was going to be the cause of this change right. of personality. Like yeah. uh, the stress of the war is like really weighing on him or, you know, whatever it was. And then nothing ever was, you know, it ne- nothing ever yeah. played out that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was, that was a bummer. Um, I wish that we could have had him play out his character in a more unified way. I agree. I think having watched the last Jedi right before this also, it is interesting seeing where all the characters start in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Time, time has passed. So we're not picking up right where everybody left off, yeah. but it does seem like everybody is in a completely different place than when they ended the last Jedi. Like, I feel like most people are at a place where they were at the end of the force awakens. I like, I picture JJ Abrams just skipping the last Jedi and just kind of doing this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the way, um, um, Finn, I think Finn is a pretty nothing character in this whole franchise. I didn't love um, his arc in any of the movies, but oh, really? Huh? I don't. Yeah, think that way. I but continue. I, yeah, I was not a fan of Finn, um, 
But in this one specifically, like he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't really achieve anything. He's weirdly obsessed with Ray in a in a way that like we don't really understand. I think. Um, I just yeah, I didn't I didn't love him in this movie. Huh. I found his scenes with this new character Jana very moving, and like him discovering people that were in a similar situation to him as a child soldier and like them following the same path. You know, he doesn't know anyone else that did what he did um, Mm -hmm. by like leaving this, you know, like war machine and him finding people that did the same thing as him and finding community in that. I found very moving. To me, that's an interesting concept, but I didn't feel like it did anything for him. Like he found them and he was like, Oh, cool. And then they move on with the movie, except they're, you know, doing things together from here on out. Uh, but 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 it's, we don't actually see, like, how that changes him or how that affects his decisions, knowing that, you know, there are others out there who have made the same decision as him. Um, I think mostly that's just because we don't have time for that in this movie. There's too much else going on. Yeah. But um, I just wish we'd gotten to see more of, I think that from everybody, I wish we'd gotten to see more of how all of these things are affecting them throughout this movie. Yeah. I mean... Another big issue, like you said, the problem with the movie being overstuffed and and poorly paced is that we don't get scenes like in The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi. We don't get any moments of quiet. We don't get any Mm -hmm. moments of where we just understand who these people are as characters. Um, Someone on Twitter pointed out, like in The Force Awakens, you know, just simple moments like Ray sitting, you know, in the beginning where she's wearing her helmet and she's eating her food and and just sitting with the characters. Um, yeah, we don't get any detailed, quiet moments like that in this movie. It is action nonstop. Um, yeah, which I think can be very thrilling and fun to watch, but also yeah, leaves you wanting in their emotional journeys. Yeah, and you can do a lot with emotion and character development through action. They just didn't in this (laughs) so um like for for me i think an annoying thing that i um i don't think it's a huge deal to me it's just a small annoying thing is that in the in the force awakens we heard about the knights of ren which i think is a really interesting concept Uh um ryan johnson decided to basically ignore it and do nothing with the knights of ren that's fine um jj abrams wanted them back in this movie um which I think would have been fine. I would have loved to understand more about who they are, what they do, what their relationship to Kylo is. He doesn't really interact with them at all in the movie except to kill them at the end. Yeah. I think it would have been so interesting to have one scene at the beginning just to establish his relationship with, with these people sure. as to like who they are. Are they his guards? Are they his friends? Uh, I think... I think at some point we hear that they were members of the Academy with him, like under Luke or something like that originally. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think it matters. But I guess um, I always just assumed they were like his most loyal and talented soldiers. You know, like like some people are stormtroopers, some people are emperor's guards. These are the people that he has picked to be like his A squad, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of all I ever thought of them. Yeah, I guess I always thought of them as like his people, like friends almost, as close to friends as he can get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think also like at the end of, I get we don't really get much of where he's at at the beginning of the movie. I feel like Kylo Ren at the end of the Force or at the end of the Last Jedi is in such a just a vulnerable like spot, um, 
and he is the supreme leader and he is kind of leading everything forward and but at at the beginning i would have loved to establish um i guess more that he's he's shaky like he's very shaky and for him to get to the end where he flips i feel like i wanted to establish some kind of um that he's not fully solid in his convictions at the beginning of this movie um i don't know i just feel like it all it all happened quickly yeah um i guess here's the point where i should say Probably why I love this movie so much is because I love the characters of Ray and Kylo. Like, mm-hmm. I love them as individuals, yeah. and I love them <laughs> as, like, a, I love their chemistry together. I love their stories as individuals, and I love their stories together and what they mean to each other. And this movie, I think, spends most of its time focusing on those two um, and probably at the expense of all these other characters in the movie, um, mm-hmm. which... I think it's sad because I do like the other characters, but I like these characters the most. So I wasn't that sad about it because I like these characters <laughs> the most and it spent the most amount of time on them. Um, yeah. So that being said, I was thrilled with literally every single thing in this movie regarding the two of them, with the exception, like I mentioned earlier, about the granddaughter stuff. Um, yeah. But everything else that they have to do and say and think in this movie, I adored. Um, so my interpretation, I guess, is that it says in the opening crawl, like that Emperor Palpatine is back and Kylo is on his way to kill him. Like it, they don't make any like um, they don't try to trick you into thinking like maybe he's in search of a new master. No, he's like, yeah. no, fuck that guy. I'm going to go kill him because yeah. I want to be the one the most powerful person in the planet. Um, it's never seemed like he was excited about, it's never seemed like he believed in the dark side in any of these movies or believed in his master that much, as much as he felt like he was wanting to be just powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was yeah. more of the primary goal and, um, versus like believing full heartedly in a mission. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. I think I started this movie with him in that same mindset that he he's he wants to be the person in charge he wants to be in control so he's going to get rid of this guy and we see in his first i think it's his first like force connection scene with Ray in the movie where he tells Ray like the emperor wants to kill you i don't want to kill you i want i still want you to rule with me like i haven't changed my mind about that um, <laughs> and i believe him in that moment i don't think he's like trying to trick her um and so, yeah, I was very on board and clear with what yeah. his intentions yeah. were. I think I don't think it bothered me so much as it would have been nice to have more. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I will agree um, with that. I always want more. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I agree with you though that like their relationship is the most interesting thing, probably in this um, in this whole trilogy. Um, yeah. And so, like, I and so I, I did love the stuff that they did together. Um, every like everything about you know, their interactions, their connections, I really loved. Um, I just think it all could have been better. <laughs> but we did. We haven't talked about Leia yet. Let's talk about I do, Leia. We haven't um, talked about Leia yet. I do want to talk I about I felt like all of her scenes, especially her scenes where she had dialogue, um, mm-hmm. were very clunky. And yeah. it's sad that they were clunky, but I can't really blame or fault the filmmakers too much for those because it's like, I think they did the best they could. I really do. And I think if the choice is 
you just have her like die off screen um, because you don't have the actress anymore or you have these clunky scenes with her old footage, I will choose having her and having it be clunky. Um, how yeah. did you feel about those? I think I'm like I'm going to have to rewatch it to see how I actually feel about it because the whole time she was on screen, everything for me was okay, when did they shoot this? What are you know, what what she's saying this, but what was she actually saying it to yeah. when she was recording it the first, you know, originally. And then oh, they had to rewrite this line so that this line made sense. Right. Like that's what I was really paying attention to as opposed to um, getting just immersed in the story at that point. So sure. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch it again to see how I really feel. But I, I agree with you is that I'd, I'd much rather her be here than not be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I know they wanted to do more with her character sure. and I'm, I'm sad that they didn't get to. Me too. I would be interested to see how this movie will play way into the future with people mm-hmm. who might not be well aware of the fact that like, yes. this was filmed after her death. Agreed. Like how, yeah. how those scenes play for them, if they're if they're confused or if they just take it in stride, that will be that that's a test that only time will tell. Um, mm-hmm. But I was very happy that we got to wrap up her storyline in like an emotionally effective way. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that like, and I think that they did a really smart thing where the most emotional scenes with Leia are not don't have her do any dialogue. It's her figure yep. in shadow, yes. you know? Yep. And especially that scene where she dies and she's connecting yep. with Ben. Um, yep. I was so moved by that. And I think they did it. I think they handled that in the an appropriate way. I agree. I do think that's just, it's, I mean, another thing that I have an issue with, I'll bring up in a second. But um, I do think like their connection, like her and Ben's connection are, is really important to this movie. And obviously they wanted to do more, but I think they did it really well for what they had. Um, I think we get that, we get the quick shot of like her, she's going to train, she's going to become a Jedi. And then she has this vision where her son will turn. And so she completely stops training. She or not training, but she basically gives up her lightsaber or whatever. And, um, and then at the end when, Ray hands off a lightsaber to Kylo when he's finally turned. I was like, it's going to be his mom's lightsaber. Like, she's going to give him his mom's lightsaber, and that's going to be a thing. But she gives him Luke's lightsaber, which makes no sense at all to me. Yeah. I thought that would have been that would have been like a really good emotional moment of here is this, this is for you. Sure. And ah, that it annoyed me that 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 happened. But it, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't think they were trying to do anything emotional with that moment. I don't think that it was just a cool handoff of a lightsaber right. through the, their force time thing um but i just yeah it's one of those things was like you could have pushed a lot of the leia stuff a lot of the emotional impact without having to have her there right on the while we're on the subject of like ben and his parents yeah man was i really blown away by this harrison ford cameo and having han back Mm -hmm. um it completely took me by surprise because we all know how much harrison ford like doesn't want to do this anymore (laughs) yes and so the fact that they got him back it was really surprising and moving um and i i just i i was really touched by it i was really touched by you know, I think I think that scene would have been incredibly moving if it had been if Carrie Fisher was alive and it had been Leia in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, found it definitely. I think it was equally moving to have him see his father again and apologize yeah. and yep. have his father show true forgiveness on his face. You know, um, yeah. I think that was like a really great call 
and that that was the scene that and and the line about how you know something Kylo says multiple times is like I can't go back like it's I've gone too far um and then after Leia dies and being like it's too late like she's not even around for me to go back to and the idea that like no but her legacy is and what she fought for is still around and like it's never too late um, mm-hmm. that, that was really beautiful. I loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I came out of this movie like really invested in that, in the, in that family relationship. I mean, the Skywalker family relationship, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, and, and so I think, I think that is a big positive of this movie. Sure. Um, and when that scene was happening in my theater, I mean, it was pure silence not a single yeah like there wasn't even like a cheer you know when he came on screen because it was such a a, mm-hmm. a stark yeah. dramatic moment that people were just quiet and that was really cool to, to experience um so let me tell you some of my favorite things about this movie okay first of all the way that they integrated the force connection scenes throughout this film was Ugh, so, so good. exciting. I loved film, film wise, story wise, um, seeing these two characters that their force connection is still going, and then taking it further where um, they can like move objects through time and space via their force yes. connection was such a cool addition. The first time mm-hmm. it happened, well, I mean, technically the first time it happens is in The Last Jedi when he yes. has the water yes. on his glove. I mean, yep. and you know that's like one of my favorite points in the whole movie of Last Jedi. Yeah, But then yeah. to take it over into this movie and when he grabs that necklace and immediately yeah. like, whoa, we are in new territories. This has so many implications on the plot and mm-hmm. and what this can mean for the two of them and their battles with each other within their force connections the scene where she's in his bedroom and he's mm-hmm. out in the in the snowy area and the way the camera works and we see the two of them both in each environment was so yep. so cool yeah and then of course yeah i loved all of that thing against yeah. the knights of ren and the emperor yep like, it hand the handoff the handoff really pays off yeah really does so cool so amazing um i was like you know those are the kinds of scenes where i was like how are people not liking this movie this movie rules um what else is there is there anything else that like made you really excited i don't know about excited but i think the force healing was something that was interesting um that we haven't seen before um i i wish that it had cost more to heal Hmm. um I think it felt like a a cheap trick, not a cheap trick. It felt like a trick that um, uh, should have had, I guess, more of an impact because, because I mean, it does have an impact in the end. In the end, the reason he dies is because he chose to heal her. Yeah. Um, and we don't see that at all whenever she tries to heal um, him earlier and the worm thing. Yeah, um, so something that I think... My thought process and something that I saw online, mm-hmm. some theories about that. And now I'll be say, say, I will say these are theories, and the fact that it's not explicitly <laughs> explained in the film is probably yeah. an issue. You know what I mean? That we yeah. have to theorize in this way. Yeah. But I think with the snake, it you know it was 
not a major injury, you know? So it was like, yep. it only cost her yep. so much to, to heal him. Yeah. Um, to heal that snake. When she heals yeah. him after she essentially could, killed him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. He wasn't dead. He was just about yep. to die if that thing right. doesn't get healed. So it's not, it doesn't cost her her entire life. But also, I think one theory that I read is that, you know, Leia dies at that moment and that mm-hmm. part of that force energy transfer is Leia's life also. But like um, mm-hmm. harnessing Leia's force energy and the loss of her life and saving, you know, mm. Ben in that moment. That is that is um, like some that? sweaty plot right there. Yeah. That is. <laughs> I don't know if that's the real explanation. I'm but not, that might be. I'm thing. not against that explanation. I just think if that's true, there should be more of that in the movie. <laughs> of course. I'm just saying these are the things yeah. that people theorize about. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I, I I agree. It's it's um it's escalating the level of energy, but also from the get go, we we aren't told that like yes, this costs me something. Yes, sure. this there, takes there energy. There aren't really if, any rules around it explained. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was one person I follow on Twitter who adored this movie as well, and you know I loved all of her um, reactions, and she had a joke about. Um, you know, there's that meme on Twitter about millennials constantly Venmoing around the same $20 to each other. Yes. About yeah. how basically <laughs> Jedis are like constantly transferring the same force energy to each other. Yes. <laughs> like killing each other back and forth the same. Yeah. 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 That is what it felt, feels like. <laughs> I, but I, another thing I liked about this movie is I love when this movie, I love that each Star Wars movie kind of introduces something new about the force about the universe about the galaxy the the creatures and what what new thing are they going to come up with for this movie you know and so the force mm-hmm. healing was like the big new thing as well as the force connection um expanding on that yeah and so i was excited to see like this new element that we had never seen yeah. before yeah um i always like new force stuff i always think that's really interesting to see in movies sure. and to see how it how it gets used i um, i really also loved the sequence at the very beginning with Ray doing her Jedi training. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, that's and, a good sequence. And her calling Leia, like, master, you know? And, like, Leia yeah. fully training her. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, throughout all of these movies, we have the closest we've seen to real Jedi training is Yoda training Luke. Um, and even that was kind of, like, like sloppy because yeah. Yoda yeah. was old. They were in a swamp. They didn't like <laughs> have a lot of time. And so like, it's, you didn't, you didn't get, nobody ever has time to fully train. You didn't get the that's sense that's that the that story like, of star Wars. 100% like what training should be. And yeah, in this yeah. movie, we finally got to see like, what does training look like when they have the time to dedicate to it and like real focus. And like the, the course I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, her that shot of her like meditating with all the rocks floating was an amazing visual. Um, I was I was very into it. The sports person mm-hmm. and the sports movie enthusiast in me loved that <laughs> sequence. Oh man! Um, yeah. I also really loved. I don't remember what the planet's name is they went to, but with like the colorful festival. Yes, that was a good one. I thought that was yeah. so exciting. Those little kid aliens listening to mm-hmm. the story time. I was like, these may be the cutest creatures in all of Star Wars. Like rival Ewoks, I think. They were so cute. I agree. I agree. I think, oh, man, 
Yeah. I wish we'd gotten to spend more time just in the world of Star Wars, like yeah. just kind of doing things. Um, I feel like the characters are so isolated so much, they're not interacting with the world itself, which is, I mean, it's that's a different argument to itself of to you know how much do you actually need that um but i think the times that they do interact with the world it's so much fun and everybody gets so much out of it (laughs) so yeah i really enjoyed that um i think i've got i got a couple more qualms to go over but overall i do think it is fun to hear the things that are fun because there there are a lot of enjoyable things in this movie and i think that um, I am excited to see it again for those things. Right. Overall, I don't think it's a good movie, but I do think that it's fun to see those things. Um, I think overall, like I said, the pace is just out of control, but I also think J.J. Uh, Abrams is afraid to let people sit in their, um, like their, their emotions. Like he wants things to just be cool always, like to look cool, to everyone to act cool. Um, and it seems like, like the way they handled um, Chewie, mm-hmm. I I really liked the fight over the 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 transport. Like yeah, their the fight over the fight. transport. Yeah. Yes, I loved that. And then her blowing it up, I thought that was spectacular. Yeah. I absolutely loved that. And this feeling of oh, they have changed something in Star Wars. Like they like she killed Chewie. Like that is huge. Yeah. And then literally five seconds later, we find out Chewie's alive. Right. Which. To, to me, isn't isn't necessarily bad, but then we go back and deal with them kind of mourning Chewie and um, kind of, you know, dealing with that for a while. And to us, it's, it's, it, it doesn't hit home at all because we, we know the truth. If we had done that before finding out that Chewie was alive, I think that, that works better sure. and makes more sense. But I, I think there are a couple things that J.J. Abrams did like that that is just like, no, 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 don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Um, like with um, C-3PO, like... Yeah. Just mentioning that, like, R2-D2 has backup. So, I mean, it, the C-3PO it'll thing, be fine. I don't I mean, think it was handled with enough, like, gravitas. Um, yeah. First of all, you have Poe, like, being a dick to him throughout this whole movie. Yeah. In a way that I didn't Yeah, appreciate. constantly. And no. then, you know, they kind of just, like, very quickly are like, great, we'll erase his memory. We got to do it. You know? Yeah. Like, very quickly. And then when they find, like, they kind of agree to it that agree to it without realizing what they're even agreeing to. And then when it right. kind of like made known, like, no, this is going to fully erase his memory. Um, like they're just like, yeah, they're like, yep, okay, do well, it. go for bummer. it. And like, they just do it. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that joke line where like, right before they do it, C3P goes, Oh, but what about like, what if we did? Yeah. They just do it. Anyway? Yeah. And I was like, that seems really dark. Like, <laughs> Yes, I know. But then they immediately reverse it too. Like right. it's it's truly, I think, like five minutes in the movie later that they yeah. get back to R two D two and he gets his memory back. But like if that had been at the end, at the end he like he goes through this whole movie not having his memory, and they had like mourned that earlier, and it had been sad, yeah. and everybody was like upset about it, and then at the end he gets his memory back, and, it, and that that can be like a huge joyous celebration thing with everybody else, like. I don't know. I just I just feel like there are those things sure. that's like JJ Abrams does not want to deal with the emotional aspects yeah. of this. He's very interested they in the also cool kept aspects. Like setting things up that didn't pay off. Like Oh yeah. For instance, they set up the whole like Leia saying never underestimate a droid. Yes. And like I know. when that line is said, I really think like, oh wow. Like C-3PO is going to save the day. Like, or something yep. like something big was going to happen where, like, a droid was going to really make a big difference in, in, yeah. in the plot. Um, especially yeah. we also get that new droid and the whole thing mm-hmm. is that, like, 
you know, it was kind yep. of like abused. And the idea yeah. that Ray, one of Ray's characteristic is that she's always treated droids with respect. So much respect. Right. Yeah. She's always so nice to and them. So, like, yeah. You really think like, okay, this is building up to something where like people around, like not just Ray, like other people are going to come to realize like, Hey, we need to treat droids with more respect. Uh, like maybe, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe Poe is being a dick to C-3PO so that he can come to this realization. I know. And then, like, or, like, one of the droids was going to really do something that was going to save everybody. Or C-3PO's sacrifice was going to be held in a much grander yeah. esteem. Being like, wow. Yes. This droid, like, gave up his entire memory so that we could, and, like, you know, really be held in a moment. It really never played out. So that was a bummer. No. Um, it does get brought up, again, five minutes after she says it. Um, yeah. When... Uh, BB-8 uh, shoots off like the firework thing and it sure. distracts a whatever. Uh, John Boyega says, um, never underestimate I think Ray says So it, it just gets yeah. said, or does Ray say yeah. it? Okay. It just, it just gets said twice, but that's it. It doesn't actually like do anything. Right. Like it never actually like comes to any fruition, yeah. which it really should have. And it felt like they were setting it up, sure. but I'm very curious to see at the end of this, um, like they made, I don't know if you watched this. The the director in the Jedi, the like the documentary about Ryan Johnson making the Last Jedi. No, I didn't. Okay, I, I I I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus. I don't know where it is actually, but I would love to see a documentary about the making of this movie, just because there's so much going on. There's so much complication with the production of this movie with Carrie Fisher dying and them having to rewrite stuff and Colin Trevorrow going off. And I just am so curious about this whole process. Yeah. Um. That sequence that we just referenced reminded me of another new thing that I enjoyed, mm, which yeah. was stormtroopers with jetpacks. <laughs> I was I was like, I'm a fan. I was like, great. Now they can fly. Like new thing, more new things. Yeah, anyway, just reminded yes. me of that. I yeah yeah I I agree. I think that's a really fun um, thing, and them acknowledging it too. I was yeah. like, they can they can do that right. now. <laughs> um, that sequence also has another thing that they set up but never paid off, which was. Finn telling Ray, like, I need to tell you something. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty infuriating that they never paid that off. That is so annoying. Yes. Um, yeah. I think when I was... And it gets mentioned a couple more times. It's not just, like, the one time. Right. Like, Poe brings it up a couple times of, like, what are we going to tell him? What are we going to tell him? I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get to it. Like, and oh, then, y'all have secrets nope. now. Was, nope. like, the, you know, the tension between yep. the three of them. Yep. <laughs> um, I think the first yeah. moment yeah. it happens... You think maybe he's going to say something like, I love you. You know, that would be like kind of like the the standard thing. Then I think as the movie played on and it never paid off, I think I assumed what he was trying to try to tell her. Because there's a line that Finn has to Poe where he says, like, there are things about her that, like, you don't know. Um, Yes. And we find out that, that Leia knew kind of like force knew mm-hmm. that she was Palpatine's granddaughter. So I thought, okay, maybe yeah. Leia told Poe as a like, if I die, like someone needs to know this kind of thing. Um, but like... Uh, Finn. Sorry, you're right. Leia, Leia told, told Finn, Finn yeah. as a like, you know, if I die, you know, you're the one who knows this. Only tell Ray if like yeah. as a last resort kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I was thinking like they didn't play that they didn't pay that off and maybe that was what it was like yeah. but then Lucas I've been I've heard on Twitter interviews with J.J. Abrams oh, where they've brought it up like what is the thing that he was going to tell her that she he never did and apparently it was that he's force sensitive which we do touch what? on in this movie you know that he felt yeah. the force and that was like what was calling him 
to leave the first order. Uh, and what but ha- that's what J.J. Abrams says it is? Is the thing, yeah. That they're right about to die, about to be swallowed by the sand, and he thinks the last thing he needs to tell her is, hey, hey, I'm Force-sensitive. Or, like, I can, maybe not the exact language, but, yes, they're like, I yeah, feel the Force, but too. Like, like, I feel the Force. It doesn't make Jeez. any sense. It's silly. It makes no it's sense. Another, it's another thing. I was like, guys, that's just dumb. Why are you dumb? It is. Oh, man. Um, so Things like that and things like the granddaughter thing, it, I'm not even angry at them as I'm more just like rolling my eyes like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Whereas the Kelly Marie Tran sidelining does make me angry. Yeah. Like that is incredibly yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Another thing. So I just want to make sure we get to this because it is my mm-hmm. favorite part of the movie is... Um, <laughs> I mean, that ending with Kylo and Rey and Palpatine. I think I loved the way it played out. I think it was so beautiful. I think they're, I mean, like I said, in The Last Jedi, my favorite part of that movie is their force connection and the way that, Mm -hmm. and their bond with each other. That, you know, they see each other as equals. And even though they're on opposing sides, they have like this connection and respect for each other. Yeah. And, neither of them can really explain it, but they deeply feel it. Um, I love the part in this movie where Kylo says to her, like, I've never lied to you. And you're like, yeah, he hasn't. Like, he's done a lot of horrible things in these movies, but one thing he hasn't done is, like, ever lied to her or really betrayed her, I guess would be the right word, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, like, I just love their connection. And I think it's flawed in a lot of interesting ways. Like, some people might not be into it because of its flaws, but I think the flaws of their relationship and their connection make it more interesting. Um, it's definitely the most interesting relationship in these movies, for sure, like by a long yeah. shot. Yeah, and the fact that it ended with him um, fighting for this cause that she and his mother like fully believed in, and mm-hmm. then that it ended with him, um, her sacrificing her life for the cause... And then him sacrificing his life for her was, I think, the perfect way to end these movies. Yeah. Of course, you know, I love the fact that they kissed. When they kissed, Lucas, my jaw dropped. I was like, I cannot believe Disney actually let this happen. Like, that this is real. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was Christmas morning for me. Oh, my gosh. I do think that 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 whole relationship, the way it paid off, I think, works really well. I don't know. It's emotionally resonant because it is something that we've seen grow throughout all three of these movies. Um, And I I just wish it had been more. Like, I just wish there had been better stuff to, you know, to go along with it. But but I do think, like, coming out of this, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley are fantastic actors, and I am so glad that they are in these movies and that they got to do what they got to do. Like, it's truly, truly amazing. Sure. I mean, that character would not have worked with an actor lesser nope. than Adam Driver. Like, nope. just 100%, 100% wouldn't have worked. It would have been a mess. And yep. Adam Driver brings such physicality and humanity to this character in a way that is so, you can't take your eyes off it, and it makes you feel for this character in a way that, like, most actors could not pull off. And, yeah, yeah. he really makes these movies for me. I think a lot about these movies, there's a lot to love, but he is what makes me, like, think these movies are amazing and yeah everything he gets to do in this movie also like really works for me everything about their scenes is so it remind it it's playing off of so many themes of fairy tales and jane austen and um 
and and hero movies and the the hero's journey and it's all of that rolled into one and those are all things that I am obsessed with so I was like primed <laughs> to love this movie and love their scenes um, I just love that I think during that final scene when at first you wonder if they're both dead and then uh, and then they're both back alive and then you know he's thrown off a cliff and then she dies and then he comes back and um, there's you know you're you're constantly back and forth about who is going to make it out of this movie alive right um, and at one point I wondered I was like man if they kill her but don't kill him I'm going to be really upset yeah about the yeah if, when if the when end she of this movie is that she sacrifices herself <laughs> for everyone and he carries on the legacy that's going to be yeah. really bad yep. I was like Either they both need to die or like. They both need to live or, or yeah. she needs, you know, she needs to live, you know? Yeah. When she dies and he crawls out of the pit right. for a second there, I was like, oh man, if he, if like, if this turns into just him walking out and like carrying on the legacy or whatever, I'm going to be so upset. I know. <laughs> Especially because like, again, going into this movie, everyone's talking about how horrible it is. And I'm like, maybe this is what really did it. Yeah, this is in. what. <laughs> like, up until then they were like, it's messy, but then this ending is really what caused everyone to hate it, you know? And then yeah. and they pulled it off. <laughs> they they did the right thing, in my opinion. And <laughs> oh, I was man. thrilled. Um, so how do you feel? We can talk more. I, we don't have to stop the conversation here. But I want to know how you feel about the actual last scene where Ray goes to Tatooine. Um, so this is just, to me, just setting up the next movie. Um, she has her lightsaber, but she buries Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Yeah. Um, well, she buries and, Luke and Leia's, and you think, oh, is she going to, like, not be a Jedi anymore? Like, is she, like, Well, saying, but she, she has her lightsaber clipped. Like, you could see it the whole oh, time. Oh, I didn't notice it. But then, okay. me, and yeah. then she reveals um, her new lightsaber, oh, yeah. which is, like, a gold color, which I don't know what yeah. that's supposed to represent, but I dig it. You know, I dig it the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's supposed to represent i i forget again i don't know all of the the details here but um the jedi have there are two kyber crystals there's the green one and the blue one um and my, my understanding um, has always t- tell me if i'm wrong about this okay my understanding is that young jedi have to go into like this cave and find the crystal that yep. calls to them and they yep. make their their lightsaber and then it's blue right and then i also heard that the green lightsabers are from crystals or like lightsabers that are not the original. Like if if you have to make if you lose your original lightsaber, that's the blue one, and you have to make a new one, it's gonna be green. Hmm. Is that interesting? Wrong? I haven't heard that. I've heard that there there are just the two crystals. There's a green one and a blue oh, one. Okay. Um and and they they represent different things. I don't remember what exactly they re- they represent, uh, but a, a, but a, a, a Jedi if he has to go and get a new lightsaber, he could have changed in the time and, and gotten a new crystal at that based on kind of what what he represents now. Yeah. Um, but there is a rare crystal that is um, the orange crystal, which means something more in the middle, more of a, like a combination of the two. And I, this would help if I knew exactly what I was talking about. Okay. But of the two, <laughs> of the two, so so basically saying like she is a whole Jedi, like she is. Um, an amalgamation of what the Jedi are supposed to gotcha. be is basically okay. what, I like what the yellow lightsaber is. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. I like that she made it herself. I like it that it's made out of her staff originally, like her, you know, the staff that she carries throughout all three of these movies. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I like that. I do think her taking the name Skywalker is really nice. Me um, too. 
because again, it is the family that you adopt. It is, you know, right. the family you make along the way or whatever. But um, <laughs> she sees Luke and Leia in that moment, like the two people yes. yep. that were that parented her in a way, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they guided her through this whole journey. Right. Um, but I do. It does to me feel like all right. So that's the end until we make another one, and some other person has to come and find those lightsabers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so. I hope that they don't do that. I hope that they really are true to their word when they say that this is the conclusion and that the new stories will just be in the universe and not with those characters. Yeah, um, I do I do think it, 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 it will be like, it'll be done for a long time. Yeah. But I do think in 15 to 20 years, they could come back to this. I don't think there's any... I mean, you never know. Thing holding you just, them back you from can't that. predict yeah. that. But... Um, yeah, I I think I've heard a lot of people on Twitter that I think, in my opinion, misinterpret that scene. Um, I feel like a lot of buzz that I'm hearing on Twitter, they're seeing, they seem to interpret that scene as she now starts a new life in Tatooine, like by herself. And I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like it was just like she came here to like bury those lightsabers in a meaningful yeah. place. And then start. That's her how own I journey. saw it too. Not necessarily that she's yeah. gonna live in Tatooine. She's, she's gonna, she's going back to being a moisture farmer. Yeah, just like the Skywalker legacy. <laughs> I don't think that's what the movie was saying, but like a lot of people no. seem interpreting that, which is interesting to me. Um, that is that is bizarre. Yeah. Um, is there anything else, Lucas, that you were thinking you really want to speak about? I don't think so. I think I'm excited to see this movie again to see how I feel about it the second time through. Yeah. Um. But there are there again, there are a lot of fun things in this movie. I wish I'd liked it yeah. more. I love this movie primarily because I love Kylo and Ray, and I love that their story was given such prominence, and I love the way it played out. Mm. And I love that like they were allowed to like ha- to dedicate so much of the story to like what how powerful their love and connection was. And like that the that that was allowed to like be a story, you know, like that. I, yeah. I thrive yeah. on that kind of stuff. And so I was thriving while watching this movie. <laughs> um, everything with their imagery, with their performances, with the writing, the, 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 the fact that they're a dyad, that they're the, that the, the whole symbolism of like the emperor sucking the force of their connection, not just like one of the other. It's not like you know, mm-hmm. he didn't just suck the force out of the Ray or suck the force out of Kylo. It was like the, their bond together was powerful enough to bring him back to life. And um, all of it meant a lot to me, and I and I loved it. So I loved this movie, um, even though I know it is very, very flawed. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to rank the you want to rank them before we go? Yeah, let me let you go first, and then I'll rank them. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, it's five, four, six, eight, seven. Nine, three, two, one. Okay. I'm going to say Last Jedi, which is eight, right? Mm-hmm. Empire, which is five. So okay. I'm going to have to say the names. I can't say the numbers. Okay. okay. So yep. Last Jedi, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, The Force Awakens. I'm going to say The Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Yeah. Then I'm going to say Return of the Jedi, then A New Hope. I've always really liked Return of the Jedi. Um, then... Yeah, then three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Name them all except for the prequels. Right. Well, what is it? The It's Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah. 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 Well, that is 
That is some ranking there. I mean, this is me, this is what I'll say after only seeing Rise of Skywalker once. You know, I think maybe if yeah. I see it a couple more times, that ranking might yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm yeah. I'm riding a high right now. So yes, you are. <laughs> uh, but I will say, The Last Jedi is very clearly my favorite. Like, even yeah. two years later. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, well, cool. Yes. Okay. So. Um, I would love to hear from people, especially if you really liked this movie, because that is not a perspective that I'm seeing a lot of online. So if you were like, reach out to Sandra, if you were like me, please let us join forces and um, and and like you know love this movie together. You can find me online on all social platforms. Um, my username is at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Where can people find you, Lucas? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And I will say Rebecca loved this movie. And so I think she's going to be on your side as well. Did she like the Kylo Ray stuff? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, she loved it. I think I think you guys agree on 90% of this maybe, movie. Maybe so. Rebecca and I can record a bonus episode. Yes, there maybe, you go. Let's, let's go each see it again. And then, like, you know, yes. really know what to yeah. talk about. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon. Okay. That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 